Oramai, good morning. This is Judith Lay welcoming you to Manx Radio and to the podcast of this week's edition of At Your Service. Manx Radio. Well, it's frying pans at the ready for making pancakes on Shrove Tuesday, and the following day, Ash Wednesday, is the first day of Lent. Six weeks of preparation for the celebration of the great feast of Easter. Shrove Tuesday and Ash Wednesday are ancient traditions, so I'll be taking a few moments to think about what this season might have to offer us today. And this morning, in conversation with Cheryl Cousins, we're going to find out about a campaign aimed at helping us to recognise just how deeply we love. But first, some music. And with so much conflict and suffering in our world, I've chosen music from singer-songwriters Martin John Nichols and Paul Field, who are passionate campaigners for justice and peace. This is The Angel's Work. Last night I dreamed I saw an angel walking Somewhere behind the barricades Where you and I would be afraid to tread Where the wounds of war are made She's stepping over the helpless and weak In the wreckage of their lives The cold rain is running down her cheeks Like the tears from God's old eyes Singing mercy Where are you? When will justice come? Not till we all live in hope and peace Will the angels' work be done Last night I dreamed I saw an angel dancing Sing for truth upon the greed and lies that seem to pave those hallowed towers. He sees the leaders with elected kings talk of freedom and sacrifice. Such pious words, such empty offerings when it's the poor who pay. Mercy, where are you? When will love come down? Not till we all live on equal terms can we walk on common ground.
Sound like a million nails hammered on a single cross. He sees the children chained in poverty. He sees us watch from paradise. Such different values, such different worlds, different sides to the same dice. Whispers mercy. Where are you? How long will it be till we see poverty over and done, and every heart is free? Singing mercy. Justice come, not till we all live in hope and peace. Will the angels' work be done? Not till we all live in hope and peace. Will the angels' work be done? Of peace and justice, we pray for peace and the laying down of weapons. We pray for all those who fear for tomorrow, that your spirit of comfort would draw near to them. We pray for those with power over war or peace, for wisdom, discernment, and compassion to guide their decisions. Above all, we pray for all your precious children at risk and in fear, that you would hold and protect them. And we pray in the name of Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Praying for peace through the music of Martin John Nichols and Paul Field. Shrove Tuesday. Ash Wednesday and six weeks of Lent, leading up to the great celebration of Easter that's at the very heart of the Christian faith. So, what do these days, with their origins rooted firmly in ancient times, say to us today? Is there perhaps more to the season than those very popular Lenten lunches? Let's listen as Russ Bravo and Patrick Woodward discuss exactly that. 
Lent was something that started really in the early church uh, and, and went on from there. It was the time, the final time of preparation before people were baptised at Easter. And so just as Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness where he was fasting and tempted uh, before he started his ministry, the idea was that the people who were preparing to become Christians, to be baptised at Easter, spent the final 40 days in their idea of, of giving things up, their, their desert, if you like. So there was that. There was also uh, in the early church the time when people had been uh, cast out of the the, the communion uh, excommunicated if you like because of sin or because of what they'd done or whatever uh, and this was their final time of, of being making reparation for those sins before they came back at Easter and it was a big jolly uh, and everybody had a fantastic uh, time there. Right. So Shrove Tuesday and Ash Wednesday. Oh yes. Uh, explain those. The pancakes, that's what everyone probably re- remembers. Pancake Day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Shrove Tuesday is the Tuesday before Ash Wednesday and it's a time Shrove uh, meaning shrive to, to get rid of sins, to, to repent it was also a time when the day before uh, Lent started, of course, you cleared out your cupboards of all the rich fare that you had left, and what better to make them pancakes. So you fried up your pancakes and you had a big feast before the austerity of Lent kicked in, because, of course, Lent starts on Ash Wednesday, and that 40-day period where people traditionally gave things up. And on, on Ash Wednesday, the beginning of Lent, you were marked with the sign of the cross in ash on your forehead. And it still happens a lot uh, in the Orthodox tradition, the Roman Catholic tradition, and, and uh, a lot of the Anglican traditions as well people on ash wednesday will meet together uh, the palm crosses from the year before will have been burnt and turned into ash and the ash will be marked on the foreheads of the people uh, in church uh, to dust you are to dust you will return uh, turn away from your sins and turn to christ now this all goes back right to the early days of the church it's not something which is a throwback to like victorian times oh no 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 it's much, much further back yes, much much further back than that right. and what about the whole idea of giving up things because that's what we think about isn't it oh, it i'm is, going to yeah. give up chocolate oh for chocolate Lent, you know. wine yes, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> what, what, where does this be- come from and become extra grumpy for lent that's yeah, what it's all about it. <laughs> well uh, originally of course because jesus went into the desert for 40 days um, and he gave up uh, a lot of things for, for 40 days in particular it says he fa- he fasted didn't eat didn't drink for 40 days so the idea was that jesus Jesus gave things up for for this period of time. Lent is an echo of that, therefore we give things up that are getting in the way of our discipleship, of our following God. So traditionally, Lent has been a time for for giving things up. It's also a time for taking things on, though, as well. Uh, And sometimes, uh, you know, in one sense, it's quite easy to give up tea or coffee and just be grumpy for the whole of Lent or have caffeine withdrawal symptoms. But what about taking something on? What about going to a Lent group? What about reading a particular book? What about praying for somebody particularly? something that you actually take on during the period of Lent because one of the things that Lent is about it's about spring cleaning our lives and it's asking whether the patterns that we're setting how we're loving, how we're using our money how we're using our time and our talents are those? Are we doing that in the way that God wants us to do it and if, and if we need to give things up, maybe we do but also maybe we need to take things on is Lent a miserable time? It's not a miserable time, it's a sombre time, and I think there's a difference, isn't it? It's not a joyless time, uh, but it may be a serious time. It's not a time for self-flagellation and self-recrimination, but it's a time for repentance and a time for penitence. And it's a time for getting ourselves straight with God. This idea of spring cleaning is quite a helpful one. Spring cleaning can be a lot of hard work, and it can be a bit of a sweat, but hey, do you feel better when you've done it? Mm. Uh, and so with our lives, we need a chance to spring clean our lives. Lives for God. And if the idea of spring cleaning your life appeals, you might be interested in a group that's meeting in person each week during Lent, but also offers online resources and a book too. Listen out for more details on our notice board later in the programme. 
But now let's welcome my special guest, Cheryl Cousins, who, in addition to being the lay minister for St James's Church and Dolby Village, is also a member of the Ireland's Environment Action Group. And she joins me now to talk about a new campaign launched this month called, very simply, We Care. We can care for the environment because we are obliged to or because a law has been passed or we can be motivated by love. And that's what we're going to explore this morning. Cheryl, good morning and welcome to the programme. It's been too long since we chatted. It's a long time, yeah. Now, the We Care campaign, tell me, what's it all about? Literally just that, it's loving. I personally have become so aware that if I mention climate change, I see people's eyes glaze over the We Care campaign has been based on a lot of conversations with people where I'm aware that there's a fear, there's an insecurity, there's a sense of feeling too little to do anything, the sense that it's other people's problems. Immediately people will talk about places which are major polluters and sitting observing the birds in my garden with great love and great delight. I just realised how much I love nature and how much nature enhances my day, basically. You're asking us to stop and acknowledge this, aren't you? I am. I am, because I think if we can recognise how much nature enriches our lives on a daily basis, then we can look at the bigger picture. And you can say it fills us with gloom, because if, if things like the birds of the air and the flowers and the trees are all going to suffer as a result of climate change, you could say this is a reason for misery, But actually, to me, it's a motivator. So it's saying, if we recognise how much we all love these things, surely that is the motivation for responding to the crisis that we're now in. And up till now, when people have talked about climate change, it has always been scientifically presented. So we've heard this thing, listen to the science. And the science is gloomy. But actually, how about listen to our hearts? Listen to our heart response, which is a great sense of loss as that goes. And love is a motivator. And fear, fear creates lack of action. And it's one one of the things which will, will really sort of disempower us. Love is something which spurs us into action. And from recognizing how much we love the world we're then motivated to say, well, what can we do about this? So it's not that anybody is putting pressures on us to say, you shouldn't be doing this, you must stop that, you must do the other. But we get to the point where we're actually saying, what else can I do? What else can I do to reduce my carbon footprint? Because I love so much. Love, through the centuries, has motivated tremendous change, hasn't it? It has. And somebody actually asked me, um, because we're running a workshop over half term, and somebody asked me, you know, is, is this a Christian workshop? Because it's held in the cathedral. And I, I'm at the point where I, I can't believe that we could begin to divide an environmental workshop into is this Christian or not? This is humanity's issue. And it doesn't really matter if you're of faith or of no faith. Love is an emotion that everybody experiences. It's deep in all our hearts. So it isn't primarily a Christian workshop. There is nothing teaching other than talking about the environment, which is everybody's home. It's everybody's starting point. And so it's something that we all share, regardless of faith. 
So tell me about the workshop, Cheryl. It's an open day encouraging people to just drop in at any point. There'll be four different workstations which help us to begin to work out how we do respond, what we like best about nature, what we're currently doing about it, what else we could do about it in reducing carbon emissions. And there's a very fun activity, a craft activity, where they can sit and actually make the thing that they love best, whether it's a butterfly or a bird or a bee or whatever, as a sort of token of this is why I'm making a commitment, this is why I care, and this is why I'm going to start trying to bring in even more changes in my life. Because a world without any of these things, what would that be? And we're also asking people to sign postcards and let their MHK know, because the government have got a fantastic climate plan, which is on a timed basis and they've introduced some very good initiatives encouraging people to look at their own homes. They've created grants, they've created the energy grant up to a thousand pounds, they've created the green grant that people can apply to up to six and a half grand I think, where we can all begin to bring changes into our lives. And so it's a matter of contacting RMHKs and say look I am doing this, we're supporting you in this, we fully endorse the plan that you've got and are just looking for it to happen as quickly as possible. So saying, you know, we are all in this together. This is what I'm doing. We hope that you can crack on with what you're doing. Everything needs help. One is this huge thing, which we're all drawn into at the moment because we're looking at energy saving. But it's actually saying, let's look at long-term energy saving because none of us should be using the amount that we are. So one is saying, how do we reduce our carbon footprint? And the other then is how do we enhance what's around? So planting buddleias for butterflies and looking at all those number of things we can do to nurture this world that we love. You were the first person on this island that I really saw practising what they preach because you've always tried to live environmentally sensitively. Yes, it becomes a full-time job and how exciting is that? I love it. I am quite obsessive about what I try to do. And the other day on my hands and knees with a sickle so that I wasn't using petrol or for strimmer or anything like that, or energy on the strimmer, other than my own energy, for the whole of the duration I was doing the garden, there was a van at the top of the road with its engine running. And there was a sense of hopelessness of, you know, I'm trying so hard, wouldn't it be nice if, if somebody just switched their engine off? <laughs> and not trying to sit in judgment, but just trying to say, how, how do we all get involved in this and realise that together... We can do this. So we know that the, the workshop is going to be in the cathedral. When is it, Cheryl, and what time? It's, it's Friday the 24th, so it's over half term, and it's from 10.30 till 4. We do ask for children not to come unaccompanied, so it's saying if family groups want to drop by. And the exploration is, is looking at our own journeys and focused on... What do we love most and what can we do to save it? So, so it is looking at how do we reduce carbon emissions in a loving way. So all the things we can be doing rather than all the things we shouldn't be doing. It is just a drop-in. There's a fantastic exhibition on at the cathedral at the same time. So there's a Manx Nature Show. So people can wander around and have a look at that. Are you making any charge for it? No, we aren't. But we'd be very grateful for donations because there obviously will be refreshments and resources. What of the future, Cheryl? What, where do you want to take this campaign? Because this, this is not a, just a campaign for the half term. I think I'd like this to be seen as a showcase workshop. Um, what I'd love is for people to drop by to say, how can we run this within our community? So uh, within you know, 
at a cafe meeting or a coffee morning or um, a mums and tots group or any any place where people gather, men in sheds, whatever, where they gather together and have the same conversations. Because whereas I have been lighthearted about it, I'm very concerned about people's mental well-being. And I think we're a world where people are, are struggling, you know, the enormity of things that are happening around us. So we go into survivalism, which actually means we disconnect from people. And I think at the heart of this is saying we can only do this together and we have to start by sharing the fact that we are scared, we're worried, we can't help but see what's going on in the rest of the world and realise how amazingly privileged we are and people are fearful they're going to lose that because there doesn't seem to be an obvious route through And as soon as we isolate ourselves into our little corners of fear, we become more disconnected. And actually the only way is for people to be free to talk about it and to admit they're worried for themselves or worried for their grandchildren, they're worried about their lifestyles, and to say we all share this, we are all in this together. And as soon as we can take that awareness and turn it into positive action actually we are empowered and we come out of our little isolated selves because we have a shared commitment. So that's how I would love to see it grow, is where this is a starting point and more groups meet together, discuss their feelings and from their emotions and their willingness to say, there must be a different way forward. We can't sit down and just accept it. There has to be change. And those conversations where we we can share what we are doing, however small and however stupid they are, it's an accumulative thing. It's a, a life of multiplication where a positive thought, a positive action can multiply and become something that changes the world. And we have to believe we can do that. And I firmly believe we can. You said very rightly that this is not a, a Christian or a non-Christian issue. Mm. But for you, is this your faith in action? My love in action, I really try not to use Christian jargon because it's not something that everybody relates to. And when I talk of God, I always talk of love because my belief is there is an energy of love out there which we can tap into. And I believe that energy of love is at the soul of our creation and the beauty that surrounds us is an example of that love in physical form. And all of us are invited to be part of that. We've all been put on this planet to live a life of love and to pick up from that energy. So it's just an invitation to all of us to say, let's re-engage, let's reconnect and celebrate.
John Rutter's composition For the Beauty of the Earth, capturing in music the spirit of the We Care campaign. An initiative of the Environment Action Group, chaired by Dr Tony Thick, who's the diocesan eco-officer, and supported by Churches Alive in Man, the Biosphere Isle of Man, and other eco- and community groups on the island. Thank you to my guest, Cheryl Cousins, who you can meet at the We Care Workshop this Friday, the 24th, in the Cathedral in Peel, open from half past ten until four o'clock. Just drop in whenever you wish, share in the activities, and also take some time to look at the Manx Nature Show that opened yesterday in the Cathedral and in the gardens. And there'll be refreshments too. And the Environment Action Group have a website that's full of resources that you can download and use if you'd like to do, as Cheryl suggests, and host your own We Care workshop. The address is very simple, eag.im. eag.im. And now it's time to take a look at our notice board. And tonight there's a mariner's service in the Abbey Church in Balasala. It's at half past six and will be followed by supper and community hymn singing. Earlier in the programme, I said there'd be details of something you might like to take up during the weeks of Lent. And this is it. It's called Lives to Inspire. We all know of people whose lives inspire us by their courage, generosity, imagination or brilliance. People who encourage us to live better, more fulfilled lives. Christian churches present us with inspiring people that they sometimes call saints. Lives to Inspire tells a little about the lives of over 40 such people. Saints are not perfect people, but they do have aspects of their life that stand out and are worthy of copying. Now, you can follow this course in a variety of ways. There's a book, there's an app that offers a daily pattern of prayer that you can follow each day whenever it suits you, and there's a local group that you can join in, which will meet every Monday morning and will be led by Reverend Dr. Janet Corlett. The first meeting of the group is tomorrow, Monday morning at half past ten in St. John's Methodist Chapel, and Janet will also have some copies of the book that accompanies the course. Janet says, this is an ecumenical group in that the material is Roman Catholic. It comes from the Ignatian Spirituality Centre in Glasgow, but the course will be led by a Methodist. If you'd like more information, you're welcome to email Janet at districtchair at methodist.org.im or take a look at the podcast for this programme and in the notes I'll give you not only Janet's email address again, but also a link to the Ignatian Spirituality Centre website where you can look at the course in more detail. Moving on to Tuesday now and you're invited to pop in for pancakes at the Howe Chapel on Tuesday evening when they'll be serving pancakes with a choice of fillings at the Howe Chapel this Tuesday from 6pm until 8pm or until the pancake batter runs out. There'll be tea, coffee, good company and a very warm welcome for everyone. A donation of £4 per person would be appreciated. The first Lent lunches start this week. Lenten lunches at the Cool Chapel on the edge of the Isle of Man Business Park begin this Thursday, the 23rd of February and each week until Easter from noon until 2pm. 
homemade soups and desserts will be available, and this year the Cool Chapel are raising money for Tear Fund, Earthquake Appeal for Syria, and the New View Manx Therapeutic Community. And St Thomas's Church, just off the promenade near the Gaiety Theatre here in Douglas, begin their Lent lunches this Friday. Each Friday until Easter, they'll be offering soup, bread roll and a sweet, served between noon and 2pm at a suggested cost of £7 per person. More Lent lunches start next week and there'll be details of those on our notice board next Sunday morning. This Thursday evening, there'll be a peaceful candlelit vigil here in Douglas in the Promenade Methodist Church to show support for Ukraine and Ukrainian people one year after the start of the war. There'll be times of silence to remember those who have lost their life defending freedom and peace and to show faith in those who fight on. Everyone is welcome at the Promenade Church here in Douglas on Thursday evening from 6pm to 8pm. And that's all that we have time for now. But I'll be back tonight at nine o'clock for sundown. Your invitation into our virtual late lounge. And I'd love you to join me if you can. It's a mix of easy listening music and a little bit of nostalgia to round off your day. If you've got items for the notice board, do please email me, judithlay at manxradio.com. And so, until whenever we meet again, this is Judith saying thank you for listening. And I wish you and those you love, a blessed and peaceful week, and a very good morning. The Nation Station, Manx Way.